time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire, and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. Sorry to bump the mic there with my baseball here. I was all excited for today's show to get the week off uh, going right here on the Get Home Safe podcast, our Tuesday uh, episode, of course, filming filming and recording here on Monday afternoon. And, and news broke uh, earlier today that it is official. Elon Musk is, in fact, purchasing Twitter. It was worth, saying that even seems weird, but... Uh, uh, definitely uh, made the best offer, we'll say, to to the Twitter universe out there. And this story's been been going on for a week or so. And and I just have a few thoughts off the bat um, from some some people I've heard and listened to, and uh, people I trust. And uh, just right off the bat today, the concept of free speech uh, in, in this country, the United States of America, free speech does exist. Uh, it seems like the past few years. Some uh, sides of the aisle and such have been trying hard to remove free speech and limit free speech and censor free speech. And uh, a few questions that I just I think about, I always try to think logically with these things, not so much, you know, all the details and, you know, the uh, X's and O's and the commas and the periods and all these. I I just try to think from a logical standpoint. And this is something I heard from uh, Dennis Prager, again, often someone I always uh, listen to and someone I, I go to. I don't agree with everything he says, but he usually makes a lot of sense. And uh, everyone's complaining now about free speech. Elon Musk, he's going to open the floodgate, the gates. It's not free speech. It's going to be, uh, it, you know, dictatorships are going to rise. And, uh, you know, just ask yourself the question which dictators throughout history uh, wanted more free, had more free speech available, or did they censor the people, take away the voices of the people? Uh, I think a pretty obvious example right now is China. Is there a lot of free speech there going on right now? Uh, I don't think so. They, they kind of have control over everything, but all the previous dictators and evil people throughout history, did they come in and tell everyone, we want everyone to have a voice, everyone say whatever you want, it doesn't matter, you don't have to agree with us. Do you think dictators have operated that way throughout history? I sure don't. So those are those are my two cents. Uh, they're not even my original thought, but it makes sense to me talking about free speech. And again, the running joke, at least my running joke is inflation is so high that free speech is even expensive. So um, I also want to make a comment about free speech. OK, free speech getting it's it's called free speech, not um, have to agree with speech or um, nice speech. OK, there's plenty of things that are said. Uh, in the world. And well, I should say, let's limit it to America. Uh, there's plenty of things that are said in America that are televised, that are you are available to you. Okay. Just because someone has a freedom or excuse me, let me, let me, let me backtrack on that. Just because um, it's something you don't agree with or want to hear doesn't mean that you have a right to say, well, they, they can't, they can't say that. I don't know who, who said the quote, uh, you know, I, I disagree with what you say, but I will fight to the death for your right to defend it. I mean, there's so many things that are said. 
on Twitter, on Facebook, on podcasts, uh, things I completely disagree with, but in no way would I ever be like, that person doesn't deserve to say that, or that person just said something evil. How could they say, I mean, yes, right and wrong, good and evil. Okay. There's a line there, but, uh, even the, even the speech you disagree with, even speech that you know is wrong. Okay. Uh, it's called free speech for a reason, not mostly free, Okay, uh, we talk a lot about freedom and, and uh, equality and all those things, right? Well, freedom truly does mean that, Free, freedom, the, the independence, the ability to do so without uh, repercussion. Now, we have laws set up, which, uh, you know, as far as fire in a burning building or, you know, accusing people of uh, inciting violence, those types of things. Okay, fine. But to not let people express an opinion or... If they provide facts and then you just say, no, their opinion's wrong. That's what we've seen the past few years. Uh, I, I, I actually like when you hear different opinions and approaches from different sides, because then you, you for yourself, make the decision. What is best? Don't say, I'll oh, shut that person down. Shut it, shut them down. That, 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 that makes zero. They can't say that. Well, actually it's America. You can say that you can say uh, but it's really funny to me when people do have an opinion about something, they start to provide some evidence, some facts, and some sides are just like, no, no, shut it down. They don't know what they're talking about. And it's like, wait, they're actually giving you examples right now. And it's, that's not good enough. My way or the highway. And uh, I just don't think that's a, a very good uh, way to do business, way to, to live life and all that. So uh, Elon Musk, look at, uh, again, I said this last week, the dude is not some like super right wing conservative guy. He just believes in free speech. He believes in that this ant that this wokeness world has, uh, has kind of put us in a bad position here. So, uh, I don't know. It's funny to me who is in favor of more, who is against more free speech. It really is hilarious to me. Yeah, the same people that want control. We're the ones that's supposed to tell you we're the only voices you're supposed to listen to. Yeah. It's not exactly how the country was founded, nor, nor how, the, how it should continue forward. That brings me to another point today that I want to bring up something. Uh, the difference between cancel culture and boycotting. Uh, we all have the ability to, to boycott. We have the choices of uh, which products to buy, which channels to watch, which sports to enjoy. We have the right to do those, to, to, uh, to choose, right? Freedom of choice. And the, the, the issue for me with boycotting something versus uh, cancel culture, where someone is, is officially canceled, and by cancel culture, I mean they are, they're, they're ruined, basically. There are people out there that someone will say something online that, that they find uh, in, in, uh, insensitive or offensive or whatever. This person, they shouldn't have a job, and then they don't stop there. They keep going. This whole libs of TikTok thing is a great example that the Washington Post uh, – journalist will say in quotes wanted to uh ruin the life of the author of uh of the author the operator i should say of the libs of tiktok account i didn't even know this much about this stuff i do know that um it was an account that was basically wasn't making up any videos it was actually just offering up videos of other people who have made these videos uh th themselves that's all they're doing but the journalism is at an all time low in our country and uh, was attempting to ruin the, uh, the operator of this, this page. And so that is the difference to me between cancel culture, me 
uh, for example, not watching the NBA as much the past, well, the past few years. And I've seen a few games here the past few weeks, but me boycotting me choosing to not partake in the content of something. It's not even so much a boycott. It's just me choosing. I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to support that. I don't want to watch that. That is your freedom to do so. At no point did I go about and say, I think the NBA shouldn't even exist. They shouldn't, they should shut the league down. It shouldn't, it shouldn't happen. And any leagues that want to come up just after it, they shouldn't exist either. And, and they shouldn't be able to go play anywhere else. That's the difference to me between boycotting and, uh, and, uh, and, and canceling something. The cancel culture, the mob, right? It's called a movement for a reason, as the great Adam Carolla always says progressive movement it keeps moving it never stops it never satisfies uh so to me again boycotting something boycotting a product you heard their spokesman say something you don't like it's well within your right to say i'm not going to buy that product anymore i'm not going to support that store i'm not going to uh you know support this this channel this network what whatever that is well within your right and to to be for to have it forced down you no you have a choice to do those things that is, that is what's beautiful about our country. But what we don't have a choice to do, what we don't have, in my opinion, the right to do is to actively try to ruin somebody's life because you disagree with them. Uh, you disagree with their outlook, their beliefs, whatever. And you want to, you don't have anything else going in your life. So you want to just, let's, let's ruin this person. Okay, when they're ruined, they can't get work ever again. They can't provide for their family. They have to uh, move out of their nice house. They, they lose everything. We're going to be on to the next person. And for some people, this is how they live their lives. The outrage mob. I, get, I come on here and I get, I get active. I get crazy. I, I say, uh, give my opinions and say, oh, you know, screw that guy or this and that. But it, it's coming from a place of like, it's an opinion. I don't really want to go out there and be like, no one should hire this. I don't know. I, I am not actively trying to destroy someone's life. I think that's the biggest difference in boycotting and cancel culture. You're not actively trying to uh, destroy someone's life uh, and what they've built and, and their family's life or whatever. Uh, you are just boycotting. You're not supporting. You're not either with your eyes or with your money. That's the big difference to me. So uh, I've never been a huge fan of cancel culture. It always comes up at like the NFL draft. Yo, this guy said something when he was 13 years old that you can't, you can't draft him. He's a bad guy. It's like, okay, well, uh, we've all made mistakes before and uh, you know, forgive and forget, or maybe don't, maybe don't forget, maybe just for, I don't know what, but this, this mob we've seen this absolute, just cancel them. They don't deserve, you know, you were seeing it a lot, uh, corporate media, all these different avenues. And we have so many uh, options and selections out there that sometimes we just get so caught up. Uh, and now I'm a, as a sports fan, I hate certain teams. I don't want them to not exist. Like as much as I hate the 49ers, I don't want them to not exist because then I got nobody to hate. You know, I don't know if I'm making any sense to you guys today, but we're at the end of April here. Uh, I had a wonderful weekend, just kind of jumped into the breaking news today. But uh, that's to me is the difference between boycott and cancel culture and where, where and how free speech is kind of tied into all that. We don't have to agree with what people say. We can be, we can be mad. We can be offended. But one comedian, what, I can't remember his name. He said something like, when you're offended, nothing happens. It's just, oh, okay, you're offended. Like, move on. I've told you guys before, there's been some comedians who say stuff I completely disagree with. Some of the things I disagree with, I even find funny. 
And then there are things I'm like, oh man, screw that guy. How could you say that? But I'm not like, take him off the stage. He should never act again or whatever. Oh, a little fiery today. Okay, let me bring it down a bit. I got a good show for you guys today. That was my opening rant. And I also have a few topics from the weekend I want to get to. And then we're going to end the show again like we did last week with some baseball talk because it is baseball season. And uh, I want to end it with some baseball slang um, uh, definition. And then also a baseball rule that uh, we're going to dive into a little, little heavier one today. But it's also one I think that it's not that complicated if you just think about it for a second. So I uh, got some good feedback on those. So we're going to do that today. Uh, the big news from the weekend for me was the Tyson Fury fight. Look at, I know not many of you guys are boxing fans out there. This is more than just uh, supporting a boxer or supporting a, uh, a, a sport. Tyson Fury, the heavyweight champion of the world, uh, undefeated, has one very suspicious draw on his belt. Um, but just is, is a guy who he, he gets the whole selling of the fight who's selling himself. He's, he's a, he's an absolute, like he's, to me, he's, he's like old school. Uh, you get a little bit of that vibe. The dude's six, nine and 200 something. I mean, he's just massive in the ring, huge personality also. And uh, he fought over the weekend against Dylan, Dylan white in London at Wembley stadium, 94,000 people there. And uh, I've always wondered in these, these boxing events, when they have, these giant football stadiums, you can't even see the ring really, but it's just being there, I guess, because the Brits, man, they were partying. They were partying all day. And for us here in America on the West coast, I got home uh, after work. I mean, it was an afternoon fight. I wish honestly, we have more of these on Saturdays. And I've said before, even on Sunday afternoons, I mean, we watch football for five months in the afternoon on Sundays. Why can't you have some, uh, you know, MMA or, or, uh, or boxing. So uh, this was fought in London and, the thing I've told you guys about Tyson Fury before, even if you're not a boxing fan, uh, the dude is a guy that just, his story is truly inspiring. He's a very skilled fighter. He's obviously enormous, as I've mentioned. Um, his, his great British accent, you know, it's always, it's inspiring when you hear him talk because he, he went through a period in his life where he was very depressed. He was, uh, you know, suicidal. He was uh, dealing with substance abuse. He had thought he, he had accomplished everything he needed to. He blew up physically, uh, you know, stopped working hard and then eventually turned it around, uh, gave his life to, to God. And just, he's very outspoken about his, his Lord and savior. And, uh, just a guy you want to root for. He, he really, really is. And then he gets in and to see what he's done the past few years has really been phenomenal. The, the guy is just, he, he's my favorite guy to watch just because he checks so many boxes and, uh, you know, he's not an American dude, but he lives out here in Vegas and fights a lot out here. But this is the first time in a while he'd fought back in his home country and uh, just just worth worth the time to watch. It was a six round knockout uh, over Dillian White in the in kind of a it was a six round. Well, 12 round fight. This fight ended in the sixth round and it was exciting. They were they were just kind of feeling each other out. They went southpaw versus, versus uh, uh, orthodox. Uh, they were, they were mixing it up there. And then, uh, really out of nowhere, Fury throws a massive uppercut that drills white in the chin. And it wasn't one of those blows where he's like whole body head, like snap back. It was like, it snapped his chin kind of, and it, and then he just flat back straight down. I thought he, he was so stunned. He tried to get up so fast. He was done. There was no way he was going to get up and be able to go, but he tried to get up so fast. And he did the thing he's supposed to do, puts his hands out and he, you know, comes the referee. I'm fine. I'm fine. And the referee like steps back. He's like, no, no, no. Walk to me. 
and the guy wobbles and he just waves it off and uh, 94,000 people lost their mind there at Wembley stadium in, in England. So uh, for me, that was the best thing I saw over the weekend. Uh, and if you guys have not seen Tyson Fury fight before uh, go, go check out some YouTube videos. Uh, his fights are always exciting, but it's also the backstory. He, he's a very uh, ins- inspirational, motivational type of speaker. Um, again, his story is truly amazing and he's an athlete you want to, you want to pull for, uh, he, there's rumors that he might be done. He might also do an exhibition against, uh, Francis and Ghana, the UFC heavyweight championship. Who knows if we'll ever see Tyson Fury again. He's only 33 though. And, uh, the heavyweight champ of the world, uh, he could theoretically fight again and try to win, uh, all the belts for the undisputed heavyweight title, uh, holder, but we'll see what happens. But from the weekend, that fight uh, with Dillian White was truly amazing. And I got to give credit to the third man in the ring. You know, referees get a lot of uh, flack and everything. I thought Mark Lyson um, from the UK, he, he was, he was, uh, he had his hands full, two massive dudes in there, two big heavyweights. He had his hands full. He was being active. He was grabbing a hold of guys. He was, you know, putting them in the corner and, and, you know, getting in their face about uh, how to keep the fight under control he worked, he worked his tail off. He really did. I haven't seen Mark Lyson officiate a whole lot before, but I always love the officials. Right. And, uh, almost 900, uh, fights to his, uh, his, uh, resume there. And uh, I thought he was, he was excellent, honestly, in, in this fight, uh, it could have gone a little sideways there in the early rounds, but, uh, Mark Lyson, uh, kudos to you, man, on a job well done. And, um, and just uh, really looked athletic in there against two just again huge guys and and that brings me to another point i got some flack from a friend um a friend over the weekend and look at i am a i'm a a rather non-athletic looking dude right um definitely could shed some weight on me uh but there there is this it's funny to me there's this uh what what would the word be there is a, a misnomer i should say about uh, referees, umpires, and athleticism. Now, I'm not talking about your, your standard high school guys who are, you know, 65 years old and retired and very heavy. And I'm not talking, I'm talking about top quality officials at professional and college level. And I know a lot of you guys are like, what are you talking about? There's a ton of uh, super heavy uh, major league baseball umpires. Well, I, I want to challenge you guys. I want to put a, a thought in your guys' head as someone who has not umpired or officiated anything the past couple of years. Uh, my body feels a lot better uh, because of the wear and tear. Again, it could have been in better shape and that might've helped, but I challenge anybody. Look, just because some of these dudes look big on, uh, on TV and baseball, uh, it, it, there's more athleticism to officiating than a lot of people realize. I would challenge anyone to do uh, 300, 400 uh, squats in a game, get still stationary and uh, have your head still, and then try to judge uh, you know, a projectile that's going 90 plus miles an hour through an invisible box that you're supposed to see uh, taking foul balls off the arms and things of that nature. Uh, my, my point is, and it got me thinking after seeing Mark Lyson referee the heavyweight championship on Saturday, uh, umpires, officials, again, at the highest of levels, uh, college and, and, uh, and pro uh, they're a lot more athletic than you think. And the, there takes a lot more athleticism than you realize. And I can speak for myself. I was never, uh, very fast again, a lot, lot of weight on me that I, I needed to lose. And I might've excelled and gone even further in my officiating career had I done so, but on a field, I knew how to move. I could move. Uh, I could, I could cut angles through a baseball diamond, you know, it's uh, be quick, don't hurry, but also just 
uh, finding whatever strategic way you could to get ahead of plays football, my movements there uh, horizontally and shuffling and, and pinching right angles, all those things. Um, there, that was just me at a, a lower level work and stuff, except for baseball, of course. But if you look at officials in, in all different levels of sports, you may, the eyes I know tell, oh, that guy's, that guy's out of shape. How could he be there? And there are a few, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with that. There's a few guys out there that their best days are behind them, but they're still able to get ahead of plays. They're still able to, they, their anticipation, their instincts are so much better than that of a, of a young buck who's, you know, 30 years old or something in, in killer shape. And, and ideally you want those, those, those worlds to combine, right. To be athletic, but, and then have the experience of instincts and everything as well. Um, but I see MMA and, and UFC and uh, boxing referees, man, they, they got such a tall task. There's not a lot of running involved. It's just, they're constantly working their hands, grabbing guys, you know, separating them, shouting instructions. I mean, that, that's definitely, definitely hard work out there as is, uh, as is other sports, you know, baseball, you see a lot of guys standing. Oh, they're just standing out there. They're standing. Uh, but when the balls hit, when everyone's watching a ball, usually the umpires are running around bases, rotating and seeing, you know, who has what, and they're watching things, uh, basketball, you see how up and down those guys go and football so much running around, uh, to, to police that game. So I want to say, show a little love to the officials out there. Even, even if a guy looks heavier, if you watch him, maybe, some guys can still move pretty well. I, I got to say so. I'm, I'm a step or, or two uh, slower than I was, uh, you know, a few years ago. But, um, you know, not all af- not all uh, athletes are athletes, I should say, if that's a way to how am I trying to say this? Uh, officials are more athletic than you think. And I hear it's all the time. Oh, they, they officiate because they're a bunch of nerds and they don't know how to they don't know how to pick up a bat or anything like that. I'm just like a lot of them played before, not in college or whatever, but all, most of us played ball at some point. And uh, it is funny. And I will say the guys that I probably struggled working with the most were the guys that had never played the game before, had never played football, but they were really good with rules. And they thought, by you know, it's no knock on guys that never played football or never played because I played at a tiny high school, right? It, 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 it's not about the level that you played or anything like that. But I do think there's something to be said from being on a field before, uh, even if it was a long, long t- time ago and, and uh, many, many pounds earlier anyway that's all i want to say uh officials are more athletic than you think and you still may be rolling your eyes at me you know who you are uh the other on that note let's go to some food top topic uh because the the other great thing i had over the weekend uh which i probably shouldn't have but hey i i i, I dove in and said let's go for it uh, valerie and i went to uh, breakfast on sunday and uh one of her favorite places the twisted sage there in san dimas and scrolling through the menu i'm like ah, we don't get out much okay let's let's have a little let's splurge a little bit and i see on that menu bacon waffle and i went well those are two of my favorite words what are they doing together i was like this can't be right like what what exactly is that and sure enough it's a nice waffle um with bacon inside of it cooked inside so the batter the bacon slice already maybe and then the batter on i don't know how they did it it was it was you know an act of uh, a miracle of God or so I was, it was incredible. And it, it tasted even better than it sounded. So if you're, if you're a bacon or waffle guy or both, I implore you go to the twisted stage, give it a shot. Um, some people can't do salty and sweet. And I'm kind of that way. Usually I don't like syrup touching my eggs. Uh, I don't have a lot of pancakes or, or waffles to be honest with you, but 
uh, much, much more of a, of a waffle guy too, if it comes down to it. But this was just, it was, it was heavenly, man. The right amount of syrup can't overdo the syrup. Cause you got the bacon still. It was a thick piece, a couple thick pieces of bacon cooked into this waffle. Oh, oh, so good. I was like, you don't have to roll me out of here. I, you know, it's a good thing. I don't have to uh, umpire anymore. I wouldn't be able to get to a uh, second or third base. So that was truly, truly something uh, special from the weekend food wise. It's we're getting into the summer here. So it's about time to, you know, really give up some carbs and some uh, other sugars and things of that nature here to kind of get uh, not, not a beach body, but a, uh, how about a, a parking lot beach body or something, right? Just something that can improve upon here so that work on the tan and definitely lose some, lose some pounds for sure. So, but I, I keep wanting, I got to share these food items with you guys. I just, uh, the things I do for the show, it's research, research and development, I guess is the way to, uh, that I could, that I can look at that anyway. Uh, something else we watched. I'm a good, good guy. I, 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 uh, Valerie and I, we watched the new, the Batman with, uh, what's that guy's name? The, uh, Rob, um, the, what are those shows? Uh, Wonderlight, Twilight, uh, Rob Pattinson or something. Robert Pattinson. I don't even, dude, I don't know that stuff. But uh, we watched the Batman and Batman's my favorite superhero. I'm not a big superhero guy like my lady Valerie is. And every three minutes we're watching this movie. And she's like, in the comic books, God, they got this so right. I'm so, I am so overjoyed that they finally did this right. I can't tell you how happy I am. I'm like, I get it. I get it. You've read all the comic books and you're very critical, but let's just enjoy this. And we did. It was a good uh, three-hour movie, uh, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed kind of the route they went. It wasn't too corny, you know, cartoony like kind of those uh, earlier Batman's were. Uh, Batman, uh, you know, who was it? Michael Keaton, Batman Returns, and uh, Jim Carrey for Batman Forever. Th- those guys. Um, uh, I like the Christian Bale Batman's Christopher Nolan. Those ones, um, but this was different, and it's on HBO Max. Or I don't know if some of you guys saw it in the theater. But I thought they tied a lot of like modern day themes into uh, into the movie. Um, there was definitely I won't spoil it for you guys, but there was definitely a little little digs, little jabs at uh, I don't know. I, I always pay attention to movies. I'm always looking for that like secret message that they're putting out there. Uh, I'm very aware of those things. Uh, maybe I overthink it, but hey, that's uh, that's matter. That's that's me, Matt Hersma, the the overthinker all the time. But bottom line. The Batman, a good movie. And a lot of you guys are probably like, okay, they made another Batman. Cool. Like, let me guess. He's a Cape Crusader. He's a billionaire son. Like, I know, I know. It's just, I, I think the same thing. Like they're doing another one, but it, it the different interpretations of it, of the classic is uh, you, you gotta, you gotta be interesting. You gotta make it interesting. If you're going to suck people in, uh, draw them into uh, your, to your artwork, your, uh, your, your piece that you're, you're putting out there because we all know the story. So you got to throw something different at us. And this one, the Batman was, uh, what is that guy's name? Robert Pattinson? I don't, I don't, I don't care to look it up since everyone was like, yeah, the twilight guy. I'm like, I have vampires, vampires, werewolves, things of that nature. You lose me so fast. Uh, zombies do not get me started on zombie movies and things. Oh, okay. I'll save that for uh, Halloween. Uh, to one other thing here, uh, Valerie for years has told me as we we've argued this and she has shows she likes. I have shows that I like, uh, we've had some crossover. Um, they could have been comedies, dramas, um, action. 
she's got me into shows. I've gotten her into shows. Probably have I probably have a higher uh, batting average there in that in that uh, category. But for years, told her you got to see Sons of Anarchy. I thought the same thing. I said, I'm not watching a show about a motorcycle gang. I don't, I don't care about Harleys and all that stuff. It's that's so fake. And I don't know. It's not fake, but it's like, I have, I have no, uh, I can't relate to it at all. And I finally, my brother, Sam, my, my buddy, Fred, they got me into it. And I was like, Whoa, this is, it blew me away. Cause I, you kind of, it's funny how we, we, we compare shows, we hold a certain show. Okay. That's the gold standard. Like for, you know, the Sopranos, right. Uh, I was a big 24 guy. I was always behind on shows, by the way, I was never the guy that generally watched these shows as they came out. It was years later. Uh, but, and the same thing with the sons of anarchy and it's, it's a little heavy. It's, you know, a lot of violence, a lot of violence, uh, just a pretty dark show, but the writing's incredible. It takes you to some bad places. So it is again, not for the uh, what's the phrase for faint of heart or the, uh, I always mix up the, the terms, but, uh, yeah, it's not, uh, if you have very high standards on your content, what you see in a show, what you don't want to see, uh, do a little research maybe because it's not for everyone, but yeah, sons of anarchy bottom line is this weekend we're talking about, I, we, it, the subject came up and we started talking and we're just like, let's Fred, Fred came over and we're like, come on, you'll like it. I guarantee you'll like it. If you can't, if you get through a few episodes uh, and you don't like it, uh, then, Hey, you were right. It wasn't for you. She just, and then sure enough, we put the first one in on, uh, on Sunday and I, and they're like an hour long, 45 minutes. Right. And I swear <laughs> seven episodes later, uh, we finally were like, no, no more. We can't do it anymore. And I had only seen it once. So I was kind of doing the rewatch with her. She was loving it. Fred was loving it. There's so many things in there that you missed before um, that it was cool to, to rewatch. And I've done that with a few shows. So she's gotten me on to uh, Peaky Blinders. I, I, I haven't finished that. I got, I got a lot of work to do there. So I'm going to watch that with her. That's like uh, post-World War I uh, in, in London with kind of some uh, gangs and mobs and stuff. And I really like it but I just need to dive in. But I think I got her hooked on Sons of Anarchy after she said for a long time, no way, this is stupid. I'm not going to like it. So there you go, Valerie. There you go. Um, let's see. CNN Plus was any, I mean, see, I, I think CNN Plus made a little bit more money than this podcast here. And I don't make a dime. CNN Plus for all the millions of dollars they invested, uh, hundreds of millions, if I'm not mistaken. That is just a bad miscalculation of uh of uh funds of interest i would say uh, i don't quite understand why here here's my thing with like these extra channels so as a sports guy i love having access because access means more games right i want to watch uh, a georgia tech uh versus duke baseball game on on a sunday because my buddy's working the game i want to watch uh, some random fight that's going on in, in London. I want to watch uh, minor league baseball. That's I want to, I want to watch the U S I want options, right? That's why I think with streaming, especially the ESPN plus idea was great because it basically gave you uh, hundreds of more games and access to games. What I don't understand with and Paramount plus these other channels. Okay. They're, Hey, we're going to have special shows on this, but when you're like a news network, I don't understand. I never understood when they're like, yeah, they're having a CNN plus. I'm like, there's already a CNN. Not many people watch that, but 
Why would you then charge people more money for an added special channel? I don't even quite get the discovery plus. It's like, there's already a discovery channel. Is it just more of this content? My point is there's no like extra gains that you're providing. Disney plus, I guess, is doing okay because it's basically a, a spot for all of these movies and, and new shows too, new, new content. But I just never understood it from a, a news perspective. It didn't, it didn't make sense, sense to me. Having HBO type of shows or like talk shows, is that kind of what they were thinking? I don't know. All I know is CNN Plus put a lot of money. I would say the same thing too. If it was Fox News Plus or uh, what, what, whatever, MSNBC Plus. Like, I don't understand having the extra chance. Like, you're basically a news network. So you're going to have what? Documentaries and such. I can get behind that. But it just, for me, it didn't make a lot of sense, especially when there's so many other platforms that are going on right now. The ESPN, ESPN Plus. I've still uh, kind of been waiting for Fox Plus to have some more like streaming availabilities. Uh, again, more content when they catch up. NBC, the, the Peacock Network, that's kind of an extra thing. Well, what I think these channels also got to be careful of is with streaming, with paying, like how much, oh yeah, I want that network. Oh, I want that channel. It's like having something like the Longhorn Network was a great idea because you could just put that as part of a cable package uh, you know, various platforms. But when you start going like independent, you're seeing this with Netflix, right? Netflix is not having a, a good month. They're, they're losing some, a lot of subscribers. I think when people kind of get their fill of your content, unless you really bring out new banging, you know, uh, movies and constant shows, good content that is as good or better than a live sporting event that these other networks have brought in. I, I don't know if you, if you're, if you're hearing me out or what exactly, yeah, if you're hearing what I'm trying to say, but I just, the CNN plus, I'm going to make fun of it, of course, but I, I didn't quite get it. And I don't think a lot of the rest of the country got it either because it has folded after, you know, three weeks of, of, um, of it being available. And it's going to fold, I think at the end of the month here. And uh, I think it, it, it really spoke actions speak louder than words. I don't know if it was a boycott, right. But it ended up canceling CNN plus that I don't think needed to exist. It wasn't this active, Hey, go out there. I hope they get canceled. And it's like, Hey, if you want to exist, go ahead. I just don't think people are going to watch what you have. You got to provide me something, suck me in, give me something that uh, is entertaining. Anyway, those are my two cents on that. Let me see here. What else did I ever hit the clock? Sometimes, you know, I write these, I try to, no, I didn't. So I don't even know how long I've been talking. Oh, Okay. Picking a catcher's man. Oh, that'll save that for later. All right. Now to the big news. So last week, as I was recording, uh, it was hallelujah. Let, you know, let's uh, champagne everywhere. However you celebrate uh, basically one airline after another, after a federal judge uh, in, in Florida said that the uh, mandation mandating of the, the CDC for masks on, on planes and other uh, public transportation uh, needed to be shut down immediately. Uh, airlines, even in mid-flight, said, hey, you don't need masks anymore. So if, if you want to, go ahead, but it's no longer required. And we celebrated, we rejoiced. Most of us, there's a few lunatics out there that, that cling to this, they, they cling to this, um, this mask, this cloth napkin. Where's a napkin? I can grab a napkin here. Like it's a, uh, a, 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 a religious medallion of some kind. And look, at, I've said it before, if you're worried, if you're that scared, I don't think you should, but if you're older, maybe overweight, I know I am, uh, and you want to be safe, fine, go ahead, it's fine. 
you want to, if you think that that protects you, I really, I, I sure don't wearing cloth mask. Uh, it was kind of just cosmetic theater uh, for me, but you could LA County, Los Angeles County. You couldn't even give it like a day or two. You had to swoop in. Some people love power. Oh my goodness. They love power And LA County says, no, no, no. The federal mandate is gone. We, we decree we will be the safest county in all of America by doing something that doesn't really do anything. And it, it, <laughs> I just laughed because this, this affects me as an Uber driver, Lyft driver. You know what, you know, they, there was a stretch where they make you take a picture of yourself. You make sure you're wearing a mask uh, to verify and things of that nature. And I would say about a month ago, maybe two months ago is when I really started to see more and more passengers getting in my car without a mask. A lot of them were like, Hey, I don't need one. I was like, dude, in my car, not now I'm, I was required to right? required to a uh, fancy word. Well, what did I say about that required or um, strongly encouraged to No, Um, but so it was hilarious. Monday, was it Monday? Or, yeah. Last Monday. So the, the mandates are, are deactivated, right? And Uber and Lyft, I think within a day, they send out all these notifications to the drivers. Hey, it's no longer required. We're breathing freely while driving. We're smiling. It's nice to see faces again. When you're, I mean, when you're thinking about this, when you're driving a stranger, when you have a stranger get in your vehicle, wouldn't it be nice to kind of see their face? First of all, to confirm it's them. Sometimes there's a picture, sometimes there's not. But also, I mean, if you want to let people, mask people walk into your bank, I don't think that's a good idea, but hey, to each his own. But getting in my car, my personal car, uh, I'd like to know and see who the person is so that if something does go down, I can identify them. I mean, wouldn't you think that'd be kind of important? Plus, it's my vehicle. That's another thing I don't understand. I work for Uber, I Lyft, I guess, yes. But it's not your airline. It's not your airplane. It's my car. So I should be able to uh, dictate, mandate, whatever you want to say, the rules in my car. So I played, I played along. I wore the mask, whatever. I don't want to get written up by anybody because there are lunatics out there who will, who will do that. They're looking for, again, they're looking for an opportunity to complain because they have no life and they have to, they have to, how can I be heard? I need my voice heard. So everyone was happy. And then a day or two later, LA County, nope, you will not, you will not, not wear a mask. And so right away, Uber and Lyft went from, a, it said specifically LA County, LA County mandates that you wear a mask. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, we're still doing this. In those two days, was there a, was there massive death that I missed among Uber passengers? What, what was this on CNN plus and I just missed the data? We, we didn't wear masks in Ubers for two days. Millions of people died in LA County. Millions. So we have to go back to masks. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. Everyone complaining about the, uh, how could they do this to people on airplanes uh, in, in, the, in these small little tubes of death. That we, we, how can you, if you believe, it, it's a very simple, it's very simple. We don't have to keep doing this. Do masks work? Do they work? Well, yes, that's why we wear one. Okay, then why do you care if the person next to you or whoever isn't, isn't wearing one? Just be protected yourself. If you, th- if you truly believe that thing works, then you're good. And, and truth be told, I don't want to die. I don't, the people that, 
people that don't wear masks or don't believe in these things. And they're just, they're over it. There's two years of this data. And it's like, has, has it improved things? Has it not? Two years. The people who don't want to wear masks, guess what? None of them want to die either. I sure don't want to die. But I don't think by not wearing one that I'm going to die. If you do, fine. Go ahead. If you believe in it that much, that is wonderful. I know there's people, again, back to religious medallions. Some people have crosses. Some people have Star David. Some people have something else. Some, if you truly believe that thing makes you safer, I, I understand that. I really do. God-fearing man myself, I've slipped up uh, quite a bit over the years, and I'd like to kind of get back on track with my faith and be a little bit better every day, as we all should be. But if you truly believe something, man, all the power to you. You, again, have the freedom to believe what you want. That was in the, one of those amendments also. So, but, but don't sit there and tell me, well, mine works, but you're, it, it only works if you're doing it also. Now it's just paranoia. Now we're, now we're you, you, you defeat your own argument. And, and again, when you start to point these things out, some people just shrivel up and you go, well, well, you want to kill people. It's like, well, no, no, I don't want to kill anyone. I, can we have a, does your mask, let's like, let's simplify this. Does it work? Well, yes, it works sometimes, most of the time, but, but it's important that all of us do what we, no, 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 no. Individual choice. No one's dragging you onto that airplane, making you fly with hundreds of other people. And if we saw from the state of the union, no one masked in that giant room. It wasn't even that giant of a room. Uh, lots of people, I should say. How about the, uh, the 80,000, 90,000 people at SoFi Stadium for the Super Bowl? They had invisible masks on that were required. No one's died there. We stop with the, the chaos and the hysteria. We're going to get sick. We're going to get sick of something. We probably all have already. And it won't be as bad. Well, Matt, I have a, a friend who went to uh, you know, Missouri and they thought it was all BS and they died. Okay, well, all right. well they made the choice. How dare you? I have, a, okay, don't do anything. Then don't, don't, sit on your couch and never do anything. Don't do anything. Stay at home. No one's forcing you. Stay at home. I'm, I'm just, I'm so tired in the, in the oh, I almost swore. And these, and these cowards at LA County, Barbara Ferrer, she, she needs a hobby rather than uh, being a puppet master to civilians' lives. And again, all you have to do is preach it. In the name of safety, in the name of safety, we care more in LA County than every other county in the freaking U.S. Well, Matt, there's 10, more, there's 10 million people in LA County. I know, I'm on the roads. Let's take a breather here. Let's take a breather. Okay. Oh, this was a funny line. You know, I, I always joke about uh, virtue signaling and, and this guy, you know, I was driving him in the car and he's leaving and virtue signaling, you know, uh, raising your hand, putting a color box or whatever is your square. And uh, everyone got a virtue signal, right? I care. I would do something. I'm doing something good. This guy had this line for me. He goes, Hey man, thanks for the ride. If I had any money, I'd give you a tip. Like, like, why did you say that? You want to feel better? Is the ultimate virtue signal? What are you doing? You just don't tell me anything. Just, I, I don't, I don't, I'd like a tip, but I'm not going to, if you never said anything and just didn't tip me, I'd go about my day. But to say that, Hey man, I'd really, if I had any money, I'd tip you I'm like, okay, well, why, why, whatever we, we, we say things now just to say things. 
This is the problem. And you, you're probably saying the same thing right now after listening to me ramble away for 30, 40 minutes. Yeah, you say things, just say things. That's why I did a podcast so that I can come on here, ramble away, and not have to say stupid things in my daily life out in public. I could just say it to you guys. And I thought there'd be like nine people listening. But uh, the past few, man, past few months, people tune into this. I don't know why. You guys, uh, write me up. Tell me. Tell me, hey, I like listening to you because you sound like an idiot. You can say that. But I've been shocked, especially on the Tuesdays at, you know, the, the numbers, people on YouTube and people listening, just audio. That reminds me, I'm going to try this today. I don't know if it's going to work, but for those of you who are avid uh, Spotify listeners, I think now uh, you can watch this podcast on Spotify also, if that's, if you know, either on your phone on the app or if you have it on your computer, uh, you can obviously watch it at YouTube. I always upload it there. But I think now you can watch it on Spotify. I think we have the ability. I'm going to upload the video today and they will take away the, the audio for the uh, other platforms. But um, give that a shot. Let, I'm going to look myself later today and see uh, or tomorrow when this posts and, and, and check that out. But um, the other thing I, I bring up the COVID thing, guys, look, at, I, I think mo- look at even, even the most passionate people about this subject, I, I just think uh, most of us, are over it. We're done. We're just like, can we stop this already? Yeah, I mean, it's run its course through most of us. Sure. There's the boogeyman is still out there and, and might get us still, but we, we got to live our lives. Not living lives is our lives is so much more damaging to, to, to us. I believe, I mean, the suicides, the alcoholism, the, all these things that uh, are, are real issues that have spilled upon all of us because we've been so terrible. I mean, I'm saying we, as a society, it's not good to not be around people to, to be worried every time you meet somebody like it's not good for our sanity. Clearly not mine. You guys see that on a weekly basis. Um, but, but do you guys remember in June of 2021, almost a year ago, and it was the college world series and, and they sent a team home, they eliminated because they didn't have enough players. And uh, right, right about that time, right before then, even California had removed the masks. We were on our way a year ago to being done. We were done with this. Vaccines were out there for people who wanted them. Uh, the masks were coming off, even in places like California. It was like, whoa, okay. We're, we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I uh, bring this up because there was much celebration the past few weeks about, okay, let's normal, normal, back to normal, not new normal, regular normal. So we can focus on the uh, more important issues like why it costs uh, $15 to, to get a bite to eat or why it costs so much at grocery stores and gas prices and all these uh, violence in the streets. Let's focus on those things. But it was about a year ago. COVID was over. It was done. We were on our way. And the powers that be, the people who started to see people happy, people have freedom, man, it's going to be a great summer. They, people, were, people warned us. They said, do not get comfortable they're going to bring back masks. They're going to do this. They're going to, and then it got way worse. So think about this. This could have all been done a year ago. Had we just moved on how much more other than firing people from their jobs for refusing to take vaccines for, you know, whatever, for not getting religious exemptions on things. Think about all the liberties that were taken away. And we're still sitting here crying about Elon Musk purchasing Twitter because he's going to take away our freedoms by giving us more voice to say things. A year ago. And how much changed in that year? How much better did it get better a year ago when everything got back? And now it got worse. We made it through the summer. Then it was like after summer, hey, uh, okay, we're bringing the mask back. 
We're going to shut down places of business again. We're going to, well, we're going to have uh, mandates that for medical procedures that you need to have by law, you can't work at these places. I mean, things got really bad in the winter and the winter of death, right? We were threatened as we we're going to die for those unvaccinated. Very ins- inspirational, by the way, from our president. So just before you get complacent, before you get too comfortable in some of the good changes going forward here, just think it was about a year ago where we were pretty much in the same position and we got too comfortable. I think when things started to come back, it wasn't enough people saying, no, no, stop. We're not doing this. We're not playing the game anymore. And it is a game. Okay. Enough of that. Just I'm, history repeats itself. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, a couple of, uh, okay, these are two things. Uh, I'm going to go three, three quick hitters there, and then I'll move on, and I will get to my baseball uh, ending of the show here. But three ridiculous things I saw th- for, from the week. Uh, number one is back to Uber. I don't know what it is about this comfort in people talking on the phone in the car. Look, it's my job to drive you where you got to go. But I just, I would never feel comfortable talking on the phone to somebody else while in a stranger's car. It's like the same dude that, that talks on his phone in the grocery store line. Like you think other people around you want to hear your conversation. And then I'm listening that you can't help but listen. I have my, you know, I try to not listen, but it's just like, then you hear what they're talking about. And you're like, whoa. And it's usually some, something regarding the law or something regarding money and uh, just people just because of social media, we're so much more comfortable now putting our business out in the streets for the masses to see. And that's like, dude, there's a lot of things in my life that I don't want to be public. And, and one of them is a phone conversation. Like I try to remember walking away from a group of people so you can have a phone conversation, but people get in my car all the time and it's a, it's a 20 minute ride and they'll get in. And from the first minute till the 19th minute, they're on the phone. It's not like they get a phone call at the very end or they, or they take a call. Hey, man, I'm in an Uber. I'll be there in 20 minutes. It's nothing like that. I'm talking about a full-on conversation. I don't get it. it, it it's ridiculous to me. But again, if you're, in the, if you're paying me money to drive you somewhere, uh, it's your ride. You're paying, I don't need a conversation either. That's not what I'm saying. But it's just I, I, even, even something that's innocent. I don't have any animosity or anything. I just want to have a conversation with someone i don't really want other people hearing what i'm having to say that's just me maybe i'm the lunatic which could be the case speaking of lunatic there was this woman at costco i've seen the um service dog the the, you know the, the help me live my life pet or whatever um i've seen that before service animals this was a new one on me guys look at this is where i'm just starting to snap you guys know where I stand with the, the dog, the barking dog. It drives me crazy. Uh, our, our former roommates, they had a wonderful dog. Great guy. Love that guy. Saw him uh, last week. Missed that guy. Just a fun loving dude. Little, little guy, little dog. But this was, and, and these people that take their dogs to the grocery store. This was, this is a Costco. This lady had a backpack and then a backpack where there's usually that small zipper area. It was like this clear dome, this clear bubble. And in that bubble, was a bird. It looked like a, a parakeet or something. And I did a double take. I was like, didn't she just, do they sell birds here? Does she buy a bird? Or it? Then I realized she sat down, had her little lunch. And she, I was like, this lady brought her pet bird to the grocery store. What, what is wrong with us? What are we doing? 
was it was it you're seeing iBird? Like it couldn't have been. She looked like she was doing just fine with that. And and I, I have to always like explain myself. I don't hate ant, I don't hate most animals. Um <coughs> excuse me. And I do know that there are people who were in Afghanistan or something who, yeah, they needed the service animal. I get it. But we just if everybody gets a crutch now, everyone gets a reason why they get to go to the front of line. My life's harder than you. And I'm just sitting there going, what? You brought a, you need friends. I'm sorry. You need, you need human interaction. If you need, if you can't go to a Costco and, and overspend like the rest of us and then go appreciate a dollar 50 hot dog and a Pepsi just without your pet, there's something going on. A service bird in your backpack. It's behind you. You couldn't even see the bird. The bird's looking out your, your back, looking behind you. What is that in case it was at your rear rear mirror? Someone's coming after you. It'll be whatever bird sounds make. I, I give myself migraine. I'm just going, where, where are we in society now? For, for to go from, I have, but one life. The only uh, regret I have is that I only have, but one life to, to give from a live for my country or whatever. I think it was a Patrick Henry or Liberty or whoever said it. We've gone from that to, I need a parakeet in my backpack when I go shopping at Costco for an hour. Am I cruel guys? Am I? I don't think I'm cruel. I just, this is all connected to how our society is just disintegrating. Okay. Last stupid thing I saw. And, and <laughs> it's kind of, some people, they don't change. They, 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 they try to change. They try to give you the perception of change. Uh, you guys know this, who've maybe tried to date someone a second time, if you know what I mean. Oh, they've changed or I've changed, I promise. And then a few months ago, oh, no, they haven't changed. They just, uh, they, they changed in pencil, not in pen, if you know what I mean. So Jeff Fisher coached the Rams for some amazing years in 2012 to 2016, whatever. They moved to L.A., uh, and the Jeff Fisher coach team is Mr. Seven and Nine, right? Couldn't even go 500 most of the time. And, and I re- had massive respect for him. I love that he was uh, coaching the Rams because he had coached the Tennessee Titans to a Super Bowl defensive dude, right? Been around uh, the game a long time. Played on the 85 Bears, I think, as a punt returner, defensive guy, a USC uh, grad, uh, Trojan. A lot of reasons to like him, but his performance, his teams were abysmal. And just he had never adapted. Uh, he had never... Uh, chain evolved i should say to the modern nfl got fired in the middle of the season in 2016 and thank god this guy i didn't like or know have any idea who it was sean if they came around my point is jeff fisher his teams were always uh undisciplined a lot of penalties teams fighting his offenses were terrible could barely score any points right well mr jeff fisher is back in the coaching ranks and this time in the usfl which i've been watching the past few weeks and it's been great. Usually a couple games Sunday, a couple games Saturday gets me through the, uh, you know, the downtime of uh, flipping channels through the hockey playoffs are coming to go Kings go. Can't wait for that. Um, but Mr. Jeff Fisher, you know what? Perception is everything. And this isn't against backwards hats. Colin Cowherd has talked about this before uh, backwards hats. Hey, the great Bill Barnes told said before, Hey, you're, you're, your, your, your world's going forward. That's the direction you should be going. Put your hat forward, whatever. But Jeff, you shouldn't be a head coach, head football coach, at least into the professional ranks with your back, with your hat backwards. And he's doing it. You're looking at him and you're just going, you look ridiculous. 
because it's not just it's like he's trying to be like hey guys look at look at me over the top i'm cool hip jeff fisher now that's what he's like the perception is once again this is not a knock on guys wearing backwards hats i'm just talking from a head coaching standpoint how ridiculous would bill belichick look with a backwards hat even sean mcveigh if sean mcveigh flipped his hat around he doesn't wear a hat because he's got gorgeous hair but i'm just like what what are you doing you're trying to give this perception that you're someone you're not. And then wouldn't you know it? You turn Jeff, you, you, you look at the results of, of Jeff Fisher's teams through, through two weeks. I didn't see what they did this weekend, but 18 points in two games, the first two games, uh, teammates fighting with each other, ton of penalties, just disorganized. Nothing changes. Just because you turn your hat around doesn't mean you change who you are. It's all about the results. And, and, and Jeff Fisher, they probably scored 30-something points this week, and I just didn't even see it. But I'm like, what are you doing, man? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm cool. Hey, style, look good, feel good, play good, whatever. But let's, let's have a – it's like, you know, when they used to wear – the coaches used to wear suits uh, in uh, basketball on the sidelines, and even football they wore suits, right? Things change. I get it. They don't wear that stuff anymore. But there's a professionalism. And Jeff Fisher just rocking the backwards hat on the sideline trying to look all fiery. And then he's every, every, instead of just, you know, standing there, like most, he's trying to like, look like he's caring more. You can look like a lot of things just by changing or tweaking this or that. But at the end of the day, you're still that guy that got dumped a few years ago who said you were going to change things and just tried to uh, change it up a little bit, but it was with pencil. You could erase it. And there you're, there you are again. You're going to do it with real change comes real results. You know what I mean? It's, it's, you, you see, okay, this guy really has changed. This girl has changed, whatever. It doesn't have to be relationships. That's just my two cents for the day in that regards. Okay. I still didn't get a chance to get to this today, uh, but I will get to it probably next week's things that have wrote has started to ruin sports. In my opinion, uh, I want to get to that probably next week at some point, if there's more things that don't pop up here, uh, we will get to that. Uh, I also want to say as the, the hockey season is wrapping up here, the Kings have two more games left. They played uh, the Ducks over the weekend, beat, beat the Ducks, uh, Anaheim having a rough season. But uh, Ryan Getzlaff, a uh, captain for the Ducks and a 15-year veteran, Stanley Cup champ in, in 07, uh, is calling it a career. And, and one thing hockey does better than any sport in my opinion, is the send-offs, whether it's a referee working his last game or a veteran uh, player, a Hall of Famer like uh, Getzlaff, who, uh, who, who's had an amazing career. It's just, it, it could be the tapping of the sticks. It could be, um, you know, a handshake line at the end, of the end of the game or something. Hockey just, you truly do believe what they're doing when, when they're doing it. You know, the, the sportsmanship and the, uh, all, all things of that nature. Uh, it was Wednesday night. The Kings played at the Ducks. And then played them again at home on Saturday, but it was uh, Jonathan Quick had had an amazing game last week against the Ducks. Uh, I, I I was thinking Jonathan probably was, you know, towards the end of his career here and not looking that great. And but he was he was his old self, man, or his young self, I should say. Uh, just an incredible game. Some of the, he made five or six saves that I don't know how he stopped the puck. Uh, wide open nets, and he just got a glove on it or did the splits. But anyway, after as soon as the game ended. Uh, Ryan gets skated by quick and just tapped him on the, on the, uh, uh, shin guard. It was just like, Hey man, you got the best of us tonight. Great game. You know, they had one goal, I think, or something like that. And uh, I love seeing stuff like that. And then the Kings, they had a great send off for him. 
at Staples Center. Yes, Staples Center, not crypto.com or in or whatever. Um, so I thought that was really cool. So congrats to Ryan Getzlaff. Uh, season is not ending uh, great here for the Anaheim Ducks, but uh, he's had an amazing career and definitely one of the best uh, mighty ducks of all. They're still the mighty ducks to me. I, I don't, I don't know why, but anyway, uh, now we'll wrap this up today with some baseball uh, conversations some baseball topics. Um, there's a play that occurred a couple of weeks ago in major league baseball that I want to uh, I'll put on video here if I can. Uh, and then I'll try to talk as much as I can through it for the audience out there. But the first thing I want to do, uh, I told you guys every week, we're going to end the show with a baseball slang because baseball has a language of its own. And then also talk about a rule of some kind in baseball so that we can all get a little more knowledgeable of the baseball rules. So the first, uh, last week I gave you like three slang terms just to get us out of the gate. This today, I'm going to give you one that um, I'm going to try to just do one. Cause I need like 20 of them, right. To make it through an entire major league baseball season. Uh, but these baseball slang term I want to give you today is uh, none other than uh, Southpaw. Uh, what is the Southpaw? You hear it in boxing, right? The Southpaw stance versus the orthodox stance. Uh, orthodox is uh, left foot forward. Generally, your right arm is your, is your, is your power arm. If you're uh, Southpaw, it's, it's a left-handed a striker, right? But this term actually comes from, uh, from baseball and why uh, Southpaw, meaning left-handed. So here comes the Southpaw, left-handed pitcher, right? And so people are like, uh, I, I remember when I heard this a few years ago, like, why is it called the Southpaw? And uh, I was like, I thought it was more from boxing and maybe someone has a boxing story and I'm wrong here, but this is where I heard the term came from, why it is called the Southpaw. And I think I've said this on the podcast before, but it's called the Southpaw because most stadiums back in the day, right? Games were played even during the day and as suns were, the sun was setting, they didn't want the sun setting in the uh, the hitter's eye, right? Because of fastballs coming at him, right? And you could argue, well, how's it? It's it's harder for uh, the fielders behind it. Well, there's obviously a bigger grandstands behind the plate. Back in those days, there wasn't as much seating in the outfield, so uh, a sun setting behind a pitcher, right, was a bad idea. They even knew that in construction back then. So they used to make fields that. Uh, so if it was set. For those that don't know, sun rises in the east, sets in the west. So they made the baseball fields uh, with the sun setting behind home plate, usually for most of them. And if you look at most of them today, I think that's how they are, give or take. But there's, the stadiums are so much bigger now that it doesn't matter. So anyway, the sun would set, uh, rises in the east, set in the west. So they made center field the home plate. They made that east to west, right? So for if you're a left-handed pitcher, looking me, left hand here. I'm staring into the plate. I'm looking what direction rises in the east. Let me see. Rises in the east, sets in the west. So north would be that way, right? So they called it a southpaw because I'm delivering my south, southmost arm, right? Pitching on the south side of uh, the, of the uh, pitching rubber, the pitching dirt. So that's where the term comes from. Maybe some of you guys are like, that's stupid. That's, that doesn't make any sense. Or maybe you're like, wow, my mind was blown when I heard that because there was so much more to it than just like, hey, what's a southpaw? It's a left-handed pitcher. Oh, okay. And then it was like, that's the end of the conversation. And then you hear southpaw all the time in, uh, in boxing, right? Oh, he's a southpaw. He's, he brings a left power and this and that. So there's probably some other terms of it from boxing, but that's just well, the term I wanted to share with you guys today. Uh, I think last week, what did I give you? Ugly finder. Which is a line drive into like the opponent's dugout. 
uh, I gave you a ground ball with eyes, seeing eye single specifically, a, a ball that just kind of finds its way through the infielders. And then the other one was an excuse me swing, a little swing you didn't mean to do that you usually tap the ball fair in front of the plate. And uh, oh, you didn't mean to do that, but you did it. Excuse me swing. So today's baseball slang term is uh, is southpaw. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Now I'm going to take a brief moment here to set up my video because I have a great, uh, it's not really a conversation because it's just me, but a great little uh, uh, ending here to the show with a, a simplified baseball rule that, that may require some explaining. So give me a second here while I set up. Okay, guys. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to talk uh, briefly about uh, basically what an appeal play is and just the concept of being the ball being in play versus out of play. Okay. I'm not trying not to get too much into this. Um, my video may in fact not be working here. Uh, sorry about that. But anyway, um, you see this all the time in baseball. It's just part of the game and uh, people just can't seem to wrap their head around uh, the whole concept of well, you, in order to do a proper appeal, you got to get on, you have to come set and then you step off and then you have to throw to a base. And okay. Anytime you're making an appeal, um, to a base you are making an appeal that the base runner um either did not touch a base or uh left too early saying in a tag up situation so a tag up situation a fly ball to third uh, to the outfield the uh the runner from third tags up but before the the before the fielder catches the ball uh he leaves early from third base uh the umpire doesn't just call the guy out you have to physically make an appeal, throw the ball over to the base, step on the base or tag the runner uh, to be like, Hey, he left early. And that is the proper way to appeal. Um, and then the umpire will make a decision. Oh yes, he was out or yes, he was safe. So anyway, I don't think we're going to have video here. I, I'll try to pull something else up for you, but uh, yeah, let's just go back to the regular. Uh, so basically there's this misconception. Okay. First of all, when the ball is in play, the pitcher, there's, there's things that need to happen for a ball to be in play. Okay. Say there's a, 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 a to, to start an inning. Now that a lot has changed now with the clocks and everything. And it used to be like a ball wasn't, if there was no one on base. It really didn't matter because uh, no one else could get out or whatever, but basically let's pretend there's runners on base. Okay. To, to start an inning, or uh, we'll say for an easier format, after a foul ball, runners on base, foul ball, right? You put a new ball in play. The umpire then, if you watch close, the umpire puts the ball in play. It's just a simple point. Uh, you always hear that to start a game, right? Play ball, right? But it's usually just a hey, play. Ball is officially in play, okay? Nothing legal. I didn't say legally. There are things. Anyway, just for to, to be brief, Um Action cannot really occur until the ball is in play in general. All right. And it is something just as simple as the umpire making the ball officially in play. Now to put the ball in play, you need to have a few things. You need to have uh, the pitcher with the baseball in hand with his foot on the rubber, secure to the rubber, and you need a batter in the batter's box. You can't physically put the ball in play until those things happen. Now, when a ball is hit into the field, okay, runners advance and everything, uh, the ball does not become dead at any time unless someone officially, Hey, calls timeout request timeout. I should say, you can, no, all the umpires can call timeout. You can request timeout as a base runner, as a, as a, a coach, as a, as a, a fielder, 
you can request timeout. And so that's the dance, really. When you request timeout, that ball is then not again put back in play until pitcher has a baseball, his foot's on the rubber, not straddling the rubber, on the rubber, and a batter is in the box. I think there's an exception somewhere, somewhere, uh, but that's the general rule that'll help you through this explanation. So what happened in this game with the uh, Mets and uh, was it or the uh, Mets and I can't, doesn't matter. It's first and third fly ball, to left field uh, runner from third tagged up and scored. Okay. The ball came back into the field of play, came into the pitcher and the ball's still live. Runners can still advance at that time. Right. But, and all you have to do with the, when the ball is already in play, when the ball is in play, you don't have to get on the rubber. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to play that song and dance. The ball is already in play. If the ball is in play, you can just throw it over to third base, step on it, be like, hey, he left early. But everybody thinks to do a proper appeal, no, you got to get on the rubber. And then, and then you, ha- you have to come set, step off. That's how you, I mean, Major League Baseball announcers mess this up all the time. And it's like, you're missing the point here. The only reason that happens or that you see that and you think, oh, that's the way to make a proper appeal is that the ball becomes dead at some point. Someone requests timeout. Uh, you, You change the baseball. Timeout, switch the baseball. Then, what did I say five minutes ago? By rule to make the ball in play, what do you need? You need the pitcher on the rubber with the ball in his hand and you need a batter in the box. So that's that's when it comes in, no pun intended, into play, that the pitcher has to wait for the umpire to put it in play. Then he steps off legally to become a fielder, right? If, I mean, you could you technically? No, there's no runner over there, so that'd be a balk. But you step off, and that's why that is in people's minds. that you He's on the rubber. You got to step off and throw it to a base. That's because the ball was dead. So to make it alive and in play, He's got to have the ball on the rubber, batter in the box. Where this whole, he has to come set. I don't know where that came from. That's just people making stuff up. You don't need to come set to put the ball in play or anything like that. Now, high school rules, totally different. Totally different. You can, in high school, you can just, you don't even have to do any of that nonsense. You just, you literally call timeout, make sure the ball is dead. And you say, uh, Hey, Bob, play umpire. We're appealing that the runner uh, left third base early. High school, you can actually do what's called a verbal appeal. You don't have to uh, mess up the format here because it can get messed up. And I'll, and I'll give you an example. Um, so they simplify it at high school. But guys, if you're going to do an appeal, you don't be, hey, get on the, get on the rubber. You got to properly do this. All you, if the, hey, is the ball dead? Yes, yes. Time is out. Okay, get on the rubber. Wait for him to put it in play. You get up when the plate umpire puts the ball in play, step off, make your appeal. Hey, that runner missed second base. Okay. You step on the base and it doesn't have to be, um, you can also tag the runner, by the way, say the runner has advanced to another base. Uh, you can also tag the runner. Uh, if you're appealing, Hey, you missed second base or you see this a lot, like at first base, when a guy oversteps a base or, or runs past first base, right. You're allowed to run past first base. Let's say you miss first base. Like if you go tag that he hasn't made an effort to go to second base, right? Because if you make an attempt, which it could be just a, a jab step at a second base, uh, what then? Yeah, you you would be uh, eligible to be tagged out. Let's say the guy runs past first base. 
by rule, you're allowed to run past first base, but say he missed first base. In that situation, you can tag him if you're appealing that he missed the base, not that he's making an attempt. That's if he makes an attempt, he's he's fair game. But you wouldn't in that situation have to get on the rubber, step off, throw over all that because he's going to walk back to the base and, and touch it probably. So you can tag the guy for an appeal also. So I hope that makes sense to you baseball experts out there. Um, this And it was tough, man, as an, as an umpire. Guys would be like, we're going to appeal third, appeal third, get, give him the ball. And they, they would even be ha- standing on third base, like almost, almost standing on it because an appeal also has to be an intentional act. You can't just accidentally walk by and step on the base with the ball in your hand. And the umpire has to read your mind like, oh, yeah, he, he, he appealed it. He's out. It's it. You have to intentionally intentionally do it so this happened in this Mets game it was first and third fly ball to left runner from third tags up and scores they, they get the ball to the pitcher somehow I don't know if the ball was put in play or whatever uh, or if it stayed in play I mean because it eventually had to be in play so while the defense attempts to appeal third base that the runner left early the runner from first takes off to second base and he was dead right. He was going to be dead, right? So they turn to look at him. They make a play on him. They end up pausing and being like, wait, what's he doing? Thinking something's going on. He ended up like walking to second base. He was willing to be put out because the other thing with appeals to remember, an appeal has to be made before uh, the, a pitch is thrown uh, or an attempted appeal attempted. So like you attempted to do an appeal and throw the ball out of play um, or th- that was your only shot to, to appeal. You don't get, you don't get a read a redo uh, or an, uh, or another play, an attempted play, meaning what could be throwing it, uh, throwing a, a ball and a runner, a play play, meaning ball and runner generally, right? Uh, there's no play being made there. If, if you, if you chase after a runner at second base, who's running to second base, you chase him with the baseball, you've made a play on that guy. You now lose your ability to appeal. That is why Buck Showalter had his guy do that because Buck Showalter knows the rules pretty well. He had his guy just take go to second base because even if you get out, that run will count because they then can't appeal that run that the guy left early because it would have been the, uh, that would have been, yeah, because then it doesn't matter if it's three outs or not. Um, it would be a, Excuse me, lose my train of thought. It would be an attempted play. So a play, attempted play, attempted, I think attempted appeal, meaning if you throw the ball into the stands by accident uh, or a pitch. Once a pitch is thrown, whether the guy missed second base or missed third base or whatever, you cannot then go, hey, wait, that guy missed second. No, you already made a play. It legalized everything. So I don't know if that makes sense to you guys. One other thing I'll say is that uh, when there's a fly when there is a uh, fly ball that's caught and say a runner from second base starts running on the crack of the bat, the ball's caught, they throw the ball back to second base and a guy gets doubled off, right? You typically see that on a line drive or something. Um, It's not a quote force out. That is also deemed an appeal. It is deemed that, that the base runner did not go back and retouch the, that's what tagging up is deemed is called retouching a base which you legally have to do after a a a a batted ball is caught 
you can you have to go back and retouch that base before you can advance or in the case of good base running tagging up wait being on the base until the ball is caught before you advance but if you start to go and like oh no he caught it oh he threw it back for the force out it's not a force out force out is there's nowhere for you to run and now it's the ball did the ball get there with uh, you don't have to tag the guy for this appeal play, right? But it's the same concept. I know I probably took you guys in a crazy crash course just now, and you probably are scratching your head. But if you have questions, send them to me. I had that video, but I think I explained it anyway um, as best I could. So hopefully you guys learned a little something today about appeal plays. And uh, if not, then I didn't do a good enough job explaining it. I tried to hit all the different uh, boxes there but just remember it's important to know is the ball in play or out of play because we had a situation in a minor league game where uh they they they, they appealed to second base that got on the rubber and threw over there and the umpires just stood there and they're like are you gonna make a call and they're like the ball's not in play oh oh yeah well okay get on the rubber yeah you gotta wait for the umpire i know it's you know, no one watches the umpire right but it's kind of important it's like uh marking the ball ready for playing football like, okay, now legal stuff can happen. You point the ball in play. All right. Like all these little things matter. All right. Enough out of me, guys. Hopefully your week has gone well. We've talked about Elon Musk. We talked about masks. We talked about appeal plays and slang terms. Uh, Jeff Fisher's backwards hat and uh, uh, safety parakeets or whatever, whatever is going on else in this world. I'm out of breath. I'm out of uh, excitement today. I've gone a little long. I do apologize, but hey, this is my one time a week to get on here and just let loose and have at it. So agree or disagree. Don't cancel me. You, you don't cancel me, man. I, I Please don't. I, I need this podcast. It's all I have in the world. It doesn't pay me anything, but I need it. You can boycott me all you want. Don't cancel me. That's all I ask. All right, guys. Big show on Friday. Larry Pollock will be on the show with us. Uh, LA, excuse me, Rancho Cucamonga firefighter and uh, one of the head instructors for the Mount Sac Fire Academy and a Rio Hondo Prep graduate, of course, of 1994. You don't want to miss our episode on Friday, but I do appreciate you guys tuning in today and uh, spending uh, about an hour with me here on the Get Home Safe podcast. I'll be back the following Tuesday with more of this type of uh, content, we'll say, and I'll have another baseball slang term for you and another baseball rules uh, topic for you guys as well. I hope I didn't bore you. Send me an email, gethomesafepodcast at yahoo.com. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Spotify, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all those good places. Uh, shoot me a message if you like. I love hearing from you guys. It could be just something, one word. It could be sentences, questions. Come on, guys. Let me know you're out there listening. I can see I can see you're listening, but uh, sometimes it's nice to hear from you guys. And as a reminder, check out Spotify. See if, in fact, you can watch the podcast as I will try to upload that today uh, accordingly. And hopefully I don't mess anything up. I'm out of breath. I'm out of ideas. I will see you guys on Friday with Larry Pollock. You don't want to miss that episode. But guys, as always, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or rounding third base, Get home safe.